0: This is Morning Breath, your drive-time devotion sure to jumpstart your day. Hosted by Pastor Dan Stahlbaum. Morning Breath starts... Now.
1: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the program. This beautiful Wednesday, May 6th. Amazing. May 6th. I was already, already zoomed by. Though, during this whole COVID thing that we've been dealing with here... Doesn't it seem to you, Pastor Mark's here with me, doesn't it seem like time's moving slower?
0: Yeah, it seems like it would be. Yeah. Yeah, but then you look at the calendar, you're like, what happened? Oh, it's like, yeah, Yeah. what happened? But, yeah, it feels like it's moving slower, but it's still moving.
1: Here we are at March 6th or May 6th. In 2020. Like,
0: it seems like it should be, like, January, late (laughs) January.
1: Late January. Yeah, Yeah, exactly.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but it isn't. Anyway, if you guys are
1: out there, you're new to all this, say, what are we jabbering about? Well, we do a morning devotion kind of program, and it does happen in the afternoon, too. We have an afternoon kind of showing of, uh, of morning breath. But what we do is read a chapter of the Bible, spend some time with the Lord, then come down to a studio we have here at Island Campus of East Coast Christian Center. We read the chapter out loud on the air, which everybody needs the word, and then we talk about really whatever God points out to us. It might have been something that God pointed out to me, uh, when I was you know, just spending some time with the Lord, it might have been to Mark, or it might be something brand new that comes out as we read it this time. And so we're really open to where whichever way God leads us, and that's what it's all about. And so again, introduce you to Pastor Mark
0: Cook. He's a pastor here at East Coast Christian Center. How you doing, Mark? I am. Thank you, Pastor Dan. I'm doing well, sir. How about you? Good. Yeah, man. glad to be part of the team. Me too. Um, and we want you to be part of our team here on Morning Breath. So we want you to join us and know where we're going to be and when. So you can do that by having a Morning Breath guide. Jump onto our uh, East Coast app and download that app and make sure that you get to the podcast button and under that podcast button you will find a podcast of the show as it uh, suggests but also you'll find the morning breath guide to tell you what chapter we've been where we're headed you can find that on our website too eccc.us and of course you can still call the office at 452-1060 we can email you a guide and uh, of course right now church is online so get on our website and uh, the, the the world is yours
1: yeah not for long though. Yes. It's that not for long thing. Is that the NFL's motto, right, not for long, (laughs) if you join the NFL? But anyway, yeah, things are changing. And so our governor's loosened some things up, and uh, I think rightly so. I think we're pacing it out pretty good. I'm pretty impressed with the way uh, we've been responding as a nation. I heard a lot of people complaining, oh, the governor should have shut down the state earlier, and then we wouldn't have to be in quarantine as long. Well, you just shut it down earlier. We'd still been we'd in still quarantine be till now. So I thought, I actually looking back on it, hey, sometimes we just need to give credit where credit's due. And I know we've been praying. Hopefully we've been praying for our leaders. And so we're starting to move into things opening up. So church will always be online. I see that going forward, yes. but it'll always be offline too, where you yep. can come and be a part of a community, a family of believers, and. And really get encouraged and uh, spend some time in one another's presence, which I think we all need some of that. And uh, we'll work towards that. I know some people will be hyper vigilant about safety still, and some people will be, you know, hyper vigilant about this and that. But we can still move together. In a, in a good way.
0: Well, and we've already started taking some steps. We've started with our community groups. Absolutely. Which we've started doing what we call hybrid meetings. And so for the last several weeks, we've been doing Zoom and, and lots of Facebook and, and things like that, meeting, meeting digitally. But now we're moving to a hybrid. And so you have to, of course, whatever group you're in, it depends on what that leader's doing. Yeah. But a lot of groups are saying, okay, let's have 10 people come over, we'll sit at this park. Yep, we'll have our lawn chairs out. Big front yard area, big front yard, they, back get? porch, yep. garage, yep. just wherever you can have the space. Yep. And then the folks who can't make it or just maybe they don't feel like they're quite zoom ready, in. you zoom them in. Yeah, man. And so you're getting the best of both worlds. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Good job on all that, Mark. Too. We really
0: appreciate your hard work. Thanks, Pastor Dan.
1: Well, uh, anything else we need to talk about besides Nick? Our, our what, what we should call Nick? Our faithful servant who records, builds, produces and promotes our program. Morning Maybe that's
0: what all those P, we were talking about the mysterious P. Oh, there was a mysterious P. And you just P. gave a bunch of P there words. There was like P,
1: P, 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 <laughs> four P's. Nick is four P's. Man. Nick, are you there?
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay, good. Glad. <laughs> Thank thought, you, Pastor Dan. thought you
1: stopped breathing for a minute. No. You know, I was like, woo, come on, buddy. I'm trying to think of a P
0: word that, that, a word that starts with P about being quiet, but I can't think of anything.
1: Uh. Pr- <laughs> <laughs> yeah well I, yeah, I, i'll come up with one before the end of the program you persistent person you No, go ahead uh let's let's go ahead and uh read the chapter then
0: acts 23 yeah
1: what, what are we we're doing here 35 verses so maybe a good break i'll just read 17 give you the last 18 how's that
0: sounds like a plan let's we're in it. the new king james both That's of us are always i say unto you pastor dan read sir
1: then Paul, looking earnestly at the council, said, "'Men and brethren, I have lived in all good conscience "'before God until this day.' "'And the high priest, Ananias, "'commanded those who stood by him "'to strike him on the mouth. "'Then Paul said to him, "'God will strike you, you whitewashed wall, "'for you sit to judge me according to the law, "'and do, and do you command me to be struck contrary to the law?' "'And those who stood by said, "'Do you revile God's high priest?' Then Paul said, I did not know, brethren, that he was the high priest, for it is written, you shall not speak evil of a ruler of your people. But when Paul perceived that one part were Sadducees and the other part Pharisees, he cried out in the council, men and brethren, I am a Pharisee, the son of a Pharisee, concerning the hope and resurrection of the dead, I'm being judged. When he had said this, a dissension arose between the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the assembly was divided. For Sadducees say there is no resurrection and no angel or spirit, but the Pharisees confess both. Then there arose a loud outcry, and the scribes of the Pharisees party arose and protested, saying, We find no evil in this man, but if a spirit or an angel has spoken to him, let us not fight against God. Now when there arose a great dissension, the commander, fearing lest Paul might be pulled into pieces by them, commanded the soldiers to go down and take him by force from among them and bring him to the barracks. But the following night the Lord stood by him and said, Be of good cheer, Paul, for as you have testified for me in Jerusalem, so you must also bear witness at Rome. And when it was day, some of the Jews banded together and bound themselves under an oath, saying that they would neither eat nor drink till they had killed Paul. Now, there were more than 40 who had formed this conspiracy. They came to the chief priests and elders and said, We have bound ourselves under a great oath that we will eat nothing until we've killed Paul. Now you therefore, together with the council, suggest to the commander that he be brought down to you tomorrow as though you were going to make further inquiries concerning him, but we are ready to kill him before he comes down. So when Paul's sister's son heard of their ambush, he went and entered the barracks and told Paul. Then Paul called one of the centurions to him and said, Take this young man to the commander, for
0: he has something to tell him. Verse 18, so he took him and brought him to the commander and said, Paul, the prisoner, called me to him and asked me to bring this young man to you. He has something to say to you. Then the commander took him by the hand, went aside, and asked privately, what is it that you have to tell me? And he said, the Jews have agreed to ask that you bring Paul down to the council tomorrow as though they were going to inquire more fully about him. But do not yield to them, for more than 40 of them lie in wait for him, men who have bound themselves to an oath that they will neither eat nor drink until they have killed him and now they are ready, waiting for the promise from you. So the commander let the young man depart, and commanded him, Tell no one that you have revealed these things to me. And he called for two centurions, saying, Prepare 200 soldiers, 70 horsemen, and 200 spearmen, to go to Caesarea at the third hour of the night, and provide mounts to set Paul on, and bring him safely to Felix the governor. He wrote a letter in the following manner, Claudius Lysias, to the most excellent Governor Felix, Greetings! This man was seized by the Jews and was about to be killed by them. Coming with the troops, I rescued him, having learned that he was a Roman. And when I went to know the reason that they accused him, I brought him before their council. I found out that he was accused concerning questions of their law, but had nothing charged against him deserving death or chains. And when it was told me that the Jews lay in wait for the man, I sent him immediately to you and also commanded his accusers to state before you the charges against him. Farewell. Then the soldiers, as they were commanded, took Paul and brought him by night to Antipatris, the next day, they left the horsemen to go on with him and return to the barracks. When they came to Caesarea and had delivered the letter to the governor, they also presented Paul to him. And when the governor had read it, he asked what province he was from. And when he understood that he was from Cilicia, he said, I will hear you when your accusers also have come. And he commanded him to be kept in Herod's praetorium. Amen. Amen. Man, a lot of politics in this
1: chapter. Yeah, a lot of politics. Uh, does praetor- pra- pra- was it praetorium, does that mean... To sit quietly? No, I don't know. That <laughs> still got that in the back of my head be, beating around there. Yeah, there is a lot of politics here. Um, really, kind of a, a little so, so much different of approach by Paul, how he's handling his captivity and his captors and turning one side against the other. And it it does seem like a much more natural, you know, response rather than supernatural response. Uh, I don't, I can't say that that's actually the truth, but it just from the surface looking at it, and I think that tells me one thing about when we look at what someone is doing from the surface, we can't always tell, in fact, mostly cannot tell what their motivation is, whether it's a very spiritual decision, even though it's a natural act. Because you know, there are many deep spiritual decisions that turn into natural acts. We also know that the Bible is clear that the horse is prepared for the battle, which is a natural uh, you know preparation, but the spiritual part's more important. the battle is the Lord's. And so as you look at this and see what Paul does, it's, it's all kind of it all kind of was a little shaky for me. I'm like,, ah, yeah. until the moment when verse 11, it says, the following night, the Lord stood by him and said, be of good cheer, Paul, for as you've testified for me in Jerusalem, you must also bear witness in Rome. And that was kind of the, okay, I got it now. I can live with that. Doesn't matter. All the details don't matter. What matters is God's in this. God's giving me confidence. He's kind of breathing hope. And you know, when I thought about Paul, and I'm talking a lot here, and I'll give you a chance in just a moment. When I thought about did he need some cheering up? Probably. Did he need a, sort of a, was he having questions that he needed to have clarified? Because all these prophets beforehand, back to Agabus and others, and the daughters who prophesied, they, they had all said, look, you're going in, there's trouble. There's there's bondage, there's, you know, arrest, there's, a, don't go, all, everybody and he said, why do you break my heart? I, I feel like I'm supposed to do this. Did he need that added confirmation during that time to say, you're on the right track, Paul. Hang in there. If Paul would have maybe, and we see in the next chapter, taken, you know, I don't, different steps, he might not have been in jail. Mm. We might not have gotten Ephesians written yeah, or Philippians written or whatever part. And so a lot of times we look at things and it's hard to see God in them. And just because you are walking with God does not mean challenges will not come and situations won't be difficult because Paul certainly faced all that uh, in this scenario. And so I don't know. It's a chapter that does have a lot of politics, but it's got a lot of that. Wow. Yeah. You know, was this really the best? Was he ever supposed to really go to Jerusalem? Because he got arrested when he got there. Well, this was the moment that all that got clear and God said, look, you're doing the right thing. You're here in Jerusalem, and you're testifying of me, and you're going to end up in Rome doing the same thing. And so, yeah, that I mean, because we all need those clarifying moments, absolutely, of what's and, going on. And in we our lives. see
0: that how this unfolded is what got him to Rome, right? Exactly, yes. exactly how he got there. But you made some really great points, Pastor Dan. You know, you were talking about the previous prophets who said, you know, if you go to Jerusalem, this is what's going to happen. And a lot of times, we get the idea, and we've all been there, that if we feel like we're being led by the Spirit to go do something, then it's just going to be a cakewalk. Yeah. Well, well, God said it's going to work. (laughs) Well, God said, yes, go do this. He didn't. It doesn't mean that it's going to be easy. And in fact, a lot of times, I think that's where we make a mistake, is because we walk into something that we feel like God led us into it. It starts to get hard, and then we're like, oh, must not be God, because it got hard. And so then we pull back. And instead of pushing through, Jesus was always dealing with conflict and he always pushed through it. And so I just want to put that out there. Paul went because it didn't matter what was in store for him. He felt led to go. But I think you said some really some things that actually got my attention. I think there's a blend here of how Paul handled this. I think sometimes he handled it in the flesh (laughs) and sometimes he handled it in the spirit. I think his stroke of of, uh, throwing the grenade in there (laughs) with the Pharisees and the Sadducees, that was a stroke of genius. Yeah. Um, But. Before that, it says in verse three, or actually it says in verse two, the high priest commanded him to uh, those who stood by him to strike him on the mouth. and and uh, Paul said, "God will strike you, you whitewashed wall." Might have uh, been a little flesh. He probably didn't need to say that part yeah, of it. Yeah. um and it's just honestly, just thinking about how we react to things. i'll be I'll be transparent with you. You know, before I came to the studio this morning, uh, me and my wife, you know, had a little blow-up. Having a little fun there, talking things out with with a little energy. (laughs) With with energy, (laughs) voluminously. I guess. (laughs) There you go. That'll work, too. You know what? I can look at that, and I can go, well, you know what? She shouldn't have said this, and she shouldn't have done that. And you know what I really should be doing is going, Mark, you you shouldn't have said this, and you shouldn't have done that. You know, that's really what it boils down to. And you can look at this, and— if you just let's just take a basic conflict management lesson from this. Paul says to him, Paul basically calls the guy a name in his reaction to being hit on the mouth. I can understand that. Me, you and me both. <laughs> totally understandable. Come over here and try it out <laughs> yourself, you weasel. Yeah, exactly. But then it, the question that really he, the question was, for you sit to judge me according to the law, do you command me to be struck contrary to the law? You could ask that question without the name calling.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: And I think we can look, I can look at my argument with my wife and I can say, you know what, I could have had this discussion without the without this or without that, that let it off the rails, right? Those are. And so there's always room to sit back and go, how could this have been handled differently? And I'd love to see that it's Paul because, you know what, we, we elevate these <laughs> guys so highly. They were guys and they made mistakes. And I think that was a mistake that he made by calling the high priest a name and he repented. He, he did he quickly. admitted that it was a mistake because he yeah. repented of it but yeah. he could have but it was a legitimate question and here's i think the kind of what i'm getting at it's more than just how to manage a conversation this guy was judging him by the law and in doing it in his process he broke the law yep when we start wielding religion as a stick better watch out because the other end's going to come around on you mm. When we start using religion to judge other people, to throw down a standard and say you better measure up, it's just a matter of time, and even maybe in the same breath, that we're going to trip over that same stick, we're going to stumble over that same stumbling stone. And when we start using religion to judge people, we're setting ourselves up to fall on that rock.
1: Absolutely, I you know I had a kind of little funny thing I shared. A, when uh, we did the series, we were doing series on relationships and I shared some of the things I learned and I talked about forgiveness. And I did just mention, I didn't have time to go into a lot, but that those things which we judge and refuse to forgive, we bind ourselves to them. And I believe there's some scripture that points us to we'll actually end up doing those very same things that we're judging others for. And uh, I recently had an experience where a friend of mine was laughing about something dumb somebody else did and described it all and they were laughing about it. they were there. I mean, it wasn't like, oh, we're talking about their are back. And then within three days did exactly what they did and went, wrote back and said, you know what, what you said in that message, happened to me this week. Now, thank God it was in a fun, low key, no pressure, nobody got hurt. No animals were
0: were injured (laughs) in the making of this point. (laughs) Exactly.
1: And uh, everybody turned out fine, but he said, you know what? God used that as a little lesson in my life that, Hmm. you know, when you laugh at somebody else, sometimes you end up doing the same thing and, and you end up, you're laughing at yourself in that same situation. So totally true. The other thing that you see so often in religion and in the legalistic thing that you see is they have this. Mindset that the end end justifies the means, Mm. and we see it in our government. We see it in in you know maybe I'm I don't want to get too controversial, too political. Though it's a very political chapter. You know the FBI did a lot of things here in the past four years that they're getting in big trouble for right now, and the FISA warrants and all that stuff going on. What? Why did they do that? I believe they did it because they believed the the end what they were going to accomplish justified whatever method they used mm. but that's the problem with religion so often is those who lead in religion end up doing breaking the law to keep the law which just goes to show how impossible it is to keep the law yeah. it helps add to that but they justify it because look we're just doing this for the greater good And the truth is that that if you follow God, it is for the greater good. If you'll listen to the grace of God and walk in the righteousness of God that's imputed, given to you as a gift, it is for the greater good. It'll be good for you, and it'll be good for somebody else over there. So, you know, I, I think that's a real danger because we have a position. We think that gives us license to live under a godly standard when, in fact, we should be really living at a higher standard if we expect anybody to follow us or walk in in our footsteps. And like Paul said, follow me as I follow Jesus. Yeah. And we certainly can look up to Jesus. And Paul said, whatever I do like him, you follow. Yeah. So he's not saying follow me yelling at the high priest and <laughs> <It's> calling him <laughs> a whitewash. Well, well, I just want to throw in one other thought there. That I think kind of tricky, but it, I had to, I had to think about it. This guy, Ananias, was murdered in 67 AD. It's, you know, a documented thing that the high priest was murdered, 67 AD. This guy. Notice that Paul said that God will strike you. Mm. You whitewashed wall. Maybe the whitewashed wall was wrong. Yeah. but Maybe the God will strike you is not. And now, don't get me wrong. I, I'm not one of those that believes in the judgment of God striking other people, because that's another thing that I asked in this whole thing, where that sort of comes out. But somebody murdered him in 67 AD. And if you slow, sow to the flesh, slow to the flesh, if you sow to the flesh, you shall of the flesh reap corruption. Mm. That's a godly principle. And so I even wondered if that was prophetic in some ways, his outburst. Because I've had prophetic words that I added a little of me into. Sure. You know, and I've had prophetic words given to me that they added a little of them into. A lot of it was God, but not all of it was God. And that just happens because, you know, we have this treasure in earthen vessels. All of us have us involved in every equation that
0: we do. And I think that yeah, and I think that this is a perfect picture of being able to see that fallibility yep. in walking out the Christian walk. We're, there's going to be times when we're going to get it wrong, and Paul didn't grovel or, or or you know stay in the place of oh man, I'm a I'm a wretch, I messed this up. <laughs> but he, the reason he got smacked was what did he say? Men and brethren, I have lived in all good conscience before God until this day. Now, that's an incredible statement from a guy who at one point was was on the other side of this exact it, it's situation. A, it's
1: a bit mind-blowing.
0: Yes. He was—I mean, Paul was the guy standing in the place of other—of uh, standing in the place of the high priest going, let's lock these Christians up, let's smack them around, let's ruin their lives and even maybe yep, and even kill some of them. He was actually—and so he, Paul was able to say— I have been in all good conscience before God until this day. What a complete story of grace. Mm. Completely transforming the way a man thinks. That he has been he has been renewed by the he has been transformed by the reformation of his mind, according to what he wrote in Romans chapter 12. That's good. That he has absolutely been changed. A guy who had this past and now can stand before God and say, why? How can he do that? Because he has received the righteousness of God that is in Christ Jesus. The
1: abundance of grace.
0: The abundance of grace, the full exact representation of who God is in Christ Jesus, now dwells in him as a believer. And he can completely put his past in the—put his behind in the past, that's like a, what is it, Timon or Pumbaa used to Pumbaa say. Pumba and Timon, yeah. yeah, that's for sure. He can put that all the way behind him and, and, and almost act like it never happened. Wow. What an amazing— And could what if we could just take that step? What if we could press into the kingdom of God and look back at the things that we're embarrassed about, look back at the things that we're ashamed of, and actually, and in in full truth, say, I stand in all good conscience before God right now.
1: You know, one of the keys to that is a verse that I think we all know, but we all, I think, can grow in greater, deeper personal revelation of, is when Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who liveth, but Christ who lives in me. That's the only way you can say that. Amen. And that is kind of, nine. that's all a God thing. God did that. But us perceiving that, understanding that, absorbing that, living in that, and beginning to think like that is kind of up to us. Yeah, We got to renew our mind to that. I, it's no longer I who liveth, mm. but Christ who liveth in me. It's a very important I believe, step in the Christian walk of maturity to understand that verse, absorb that verse, begin to live out and believe and act like that verse is true is a real point of Christian maturity and growth. And if we'll get that, I think it'll really help us. Hey, Let's take a break. We'll be back in just a minute. You
0: are listening to Morning Breath from East Coast Christian Center, Merritt Island, Vieira, and Cocoa.
1: Take this year with God at East Coast Christian University to truly understand why and how to continue your destiny and walk with Christ. Earn your Associate's, Bachelor's, and Master's degree. Our instructors are experienced, helpful, and show a genuine love for studying the Word of God. East Coast Christian University is located at 670 North Courtney Parkway, Merritt Island. For more information, our number is 452-1060, extension 131, and our website
0: is eccuequipped.com. East Coast Vieira
1: meets every week at Vieira High School at 9.15 and 10.45. With a high energy and dynamic children's ministry for all ages, East Coast Vieira Youth meets every Sunday night at 6 p.m. For more information or to learn more, our website is vieira.eccc.us. Welcome back to the show. This is Morning Breach. Hey, man, we've had a little longer uh, break time on our end anyway. We talked quite a bit there during the break. Uh, say that last sentence you said, Mark. I thought that was very powerful about the finished work.
0: Well, uh, Paul in Galatians, he says, it's good to be zealous for a good thing always. <laughs> and if we're zealous for the finished work of in, of grace. Come on. Then that's a that's a, we we you were talking Pastor Dan about some of the zeal we see in here guys that were so zealous that they were binding themselves to a pact we're not going to eat until we've killed Paul. That's zealous. Yeah, that's, that's zealous.
1: Yeah, that's and
0: zeal can take you down a wrong road. Yep. But be zealous for a good thing. Be zealous for the grace of God. Be so determined that you are going to walk by grace that nothing can deter you from it. I think the zeal to press into the finished work of Jesus is the thing that will change the people around you you know in a way that religion being zealous for religion never will
1: you know and we've all been around maybe somebody that really loves something or was really fired up about something and was inspirational about something and it we're not even let's not even look at something in in the kingdom of god right now but it, ping pong whatever it is if you're around somebody like that that rubs off and the same thing does in the kingdom of god Get around, be around, and be that person that's zealous for the things of God, zealous about the grace of God, the righteousness of God, and what God's done in you. And you know what? It'll rub off on others. Yes. And it'll be a powerful thing. Yeah. Hey, you guys, hang in there. The end of COVID-19 is coming.
0: Yes. And Jesus is too. God bless. Amen. Thank you for listening to Morning Breath from East Coast Christian Center. We hope to see you at one of our locations this weekend.